It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. Time to turn on the Shark Spotlight. Andrew Cogliano became a member of the San Jose Sharks on July 28, 2021, when he signed with the club as an unrestricted free agent. It kind of makes sense that Cogliano would somehow find his way to San Jose as a member of Team Teal, because his very first National Hockey League game was played at the Shark Tank. He was a member of the Edmonton Oilers at the time. It was October the 4th, 2007. And the memories are still strong for Andrew. Yeah, you know what? I've played against them quite a, quite a lot. Um, you know, obviously playing in Anaheim, I've seen, um, you know, their team basically, uh, you know, at a point in their, in their time where, you know, it was one of the tougher teams to play against, uh, one of the toughest buildings to play again in. Um, you know, phenomenal atmosphere every time you go there. Um you know, and, and just you remember one thing you remember with San Jose is and, and every time I play with just how tough it is playing there. Um, so, you know, I'm very aware um, of the tradition and, and the success the team has had. Um, and it's exciting. I think it's a new chapter for me. It's a new opportunity and a uh, new experience. Tell me about growing up in the Toronto metropolitan area and being in that uh, that hotbed of hockey. Uh, I suppose that from a very early age, you, you were just shown your way to the ice. Yeah, yeah, I think for hockey in Toronto and, you know, Canada, especially that area, I don't know if you're going to get any bigger, um, you know, especially now. I think now it's just gone to the point where it's just wild up there in terms of, of, of you know, the amount of the amount of teams, the leagues and, and how popular the game is. Um, obviously, that's what that's what you do there. You play hockey. And, you know, for me, I started at a young age. I followed my brother playing. Um, you know, I was able to progress as a, as a young player and uh, get to a point where I was pretty talented and took it to the next level. So, um, but, you know, I was always a, I always try to be an athlete first. Um, I played hockey in the winter, I played soccer in the summer and, you know, eventually hockey was good enough where I could take it to the next level. The brother that you mentioned, Andrew, is three years older than you. Obviously there must've been quite a rivalry shooting pucks in the driveway or wherever it is you were competing against each other. Yeah. You know, my dad always used to make, he used to make outdoor rinks. They were terrible. I will say, you know, I don't know. He never used any plastic. He almost just went out there and put the, put the hose out there on the grass and it was, it ended up being so bumpy, but um, you know, that's what, that's what, that's what, you know, life is like up there. You know, hockey's a big deal and you, you learn at a young age and you play at a young age and, and that was no different for us. When did you start to realize that you were really good? Um. You know, I think at 13, 14, I started kind of obviously playing at a pretty high level. Um, you know, I think I was pretty, my dad was pretty smart. And when I was growing up, I always played a couple years up uh, in age. So, you know, thinking back on it now, I always played against older guys, um, which maybe helped me develop and maybe put me in a spot where, um, you know, I had to 
to kind of play a little bit above myself. Um, and then around 15, I, I committed to Michigan. So, you know, I, I think I was always gifted with a good, with, with being a really strong skater. Um, and that was something that kind of I've carried on right from when I was a young guy and I uh, was very fortunate to have that. Uh, did your dad play the sport too? No, no, he didn't. No, actually no one in my family did, to be honest. Uh, my brother did. And, you know, before that, no, like cousins and no one really played hockey. So, uh, yeah, no, it kind of came out of nowhere. That's the unusual part for, for people yeah. that are from Canada, I guess. But, yeah. uh, um, one thing it also was a little unusual about you in, in one sense, maybe not as unusual as it used to be, is that when you're a teenager and you're growing up in Ontario, there's a really strong push to go to the OHL or to go to major junior. And as you said, you were 15 years of age and you, you committed to the university of Michigan. Uh, tell us about that decision and about, uh, you know, the importance of, of an education in, in your whole picture. Yeah. You know what? I went to pretty, um, academic school in St. Mike's since I was grade seven, grade seven there, uh, in Toronto area, which is a good academic sports school, um, played hockey all the way growing up there and then ended up playing for the buzzers, the junior A team. Um, you know, how the OHL came to be was, you know, I could have been probably a top 10 pick and they approached me about that. And, um, a lot of good teams, a lot of good organizations, but I don't know. I just was kind of drawn to the Michigan and college route when we used to go visit. I just was, it was something, you know, the student athlete, um, and just the atmosphere of the rink and being a college athlete was something that kind of, um, resonated with me. Um, you know, the thing was that St. Mike's actually drafted me in the third round. Um, so, you know, that was the toughest part because every day I'd probably see the coach. Um, so I was walking into practice for my junior A team, you know, the, the major junior team coach would be seeing me every, every day. So, you know, he'd be asking me a lot about, he wouldn't be pushing it, but there was questions if I would, if I would, if I would come and obviously they drafted me because the setup would have been pretty seamless, but you know, I've always been a guy once you give your, once you give your word and you know, you give your, um, you know, you make your commitment. Uh, we stuck to it. One thing you did do is you went to an organization that has a real identity, uh, you know, even back from the Bo Schembechler days on the football side, they, they get the idea of what it means to be a Michigan man. And mm -hmm. uh, Red Berenson, uh, the coach there, a huge part of that because he played there and he basically revitalized the program when he needed him most. He was there for a couple of decades. Yeah. Uh, what was it like being in that atmosphere and playing for a guy who had so much NHL experience and, and had such a big impact on so many people? Yeah, you know, he just, he, I think Red just had a presence, you know, like he probably didn't do uh, maybe a lot of the X's and O's. I think the assistants did that. But, you know, when you go to a team like Michigan and you have him as the coach, you know, there's a certain feeling to it. Um, you know, I remember getting down there and on an official visit and walking to his office with my dad and him offering me, you know, a scholarship on the spot. And, you know, that was pretty, pretty cool moment. You know, I'm a young guy and, um, you know, you have him at a school like that offering you, you know, a, a, a scholarship to play there was, was pretty special, but, um, but no, he, 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 he did a good job developing players there. I think they do an amazing job there. Uh, and obviously that's just proof of, you know, the, the guys they have going there now. So uh, he gets to play in a big time school like that. It's a, it's a great thing. One of those guys is Thomas Bordalo. What do you think about the prospects of the Sharks having another Michigan man as part of a, a big part of their future? <laughs> Yeah, I heard he's a phenomenal player. Um, you know what? I, I think it, he, they're they're fortunate that he's at Michigan with other really good players. 
Um, and he's only going to develop better. Um, when you play with good players in a league like that, I think it only helps. So, you know, hopefully he does that. And, and But it seems like he has a bright future. While we're on the topic of college hockey, um, I, you played there two seasons before you turned pro with the Oilers. How far away are you from from getting your degree and are you going to finish? Yeah, you know what, I, I, I can. I think it's, it's something I thought about. Um, I think it just depends what my plan is after I'm done hockey. You know, I think that's that's something that I got to think about. Um, you know, I've entertained it and, um, you know, it just all depends what I want to do and do I do I need to. You know, I think... Um, you know, I think it's it's nice to have a degree, but sometimes, you know, there's there's things out there with my experience that can maybe be, um, you know, something I could, you know, not have it for. But um, you know, it'd be pretty cool. I think when you're when you're able to get a college degree and guys that finished afterwards, I think it's 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 pretty special. Tell us about being drafted by the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, that's just another organization steeped in tradition with all of the Stanley Cups and. They absolutely live, breathe, and eat and sleep hockey in Edmonton. Um, but what about that experience of being drafted? And, and I, I suppose you were probably at the draft and, and, and getting into Edmonton to play there. Yeah, you know what? You know, in terms of being at the draft, that was the year after the lockout. So that was when they had that small draft in like a hotel. And I was actually on the kind of the cusp of first or second round. So I ended up not going. I think that's the one thing I probably – you know, would have liked to experience as a draft moment. But um, so I was at home with my family and, um, you know, watching the teams and Toronto was 21st. So there was, there was an opportunity to maybe go there. And there was a couple teams that drafted right before Edmonton that I know really liked me in the interviews. And um, and then when Edmonton took me, it just kind of, you know, it hits you all at once. But um, no, it was no better place for me. I, I You know, I think about my development. I think about, coming out of college at the right time and having an opportunity to make the team and uh, playing with other young guys for a couple of years. And, um, you know, it all worked out in my favor, to be honest. It, it was something that, you know, I made the right call of leaving college at the right time and had a good camp and made the team. So um, a pretty special place to play. You know, I don't think there's much better in terms of pure hockey um, and how much they love the game there. And, of course, your first game, as I mentioned earlier, was against the San Jose Sharks at SAP Center, which is a really nice touch given uh, where you are right now. But what are your memories uh, from that game? You know, I remember my parents coming in for it. Um, you know, I just remember it was a long time ago, but I actually remember that goal that was assisted on. And um, Yeah, you know, but I also remember the players you're playing against. You know, though at that time, you know, Marlo and Thornton and, um, you know, Pav was on the team, I think. Um, you know, Nabokov was the goalie. Um, so, you know, I, I just, you know, you'll never, never, um, you know, forget that game. I still have the game sheet actually from it behind me here. I'm looking at the game sheet right now and Marlo and Thornton both scored in the game, but Edmonton won in a shootout and, yeah. uh, Nabby was in the game. We had a couple of fights. There was an instigator misconduct. Douglas Murray got involved and Rafi <laughs> Torres got a kneeing penalty for Edmonton and, so there was all kinds of all kinds of stuff going on in that game, as is typical between these teams. But uh, um, overall, when you moved to Anaheim and you actually played longer in Anaheim than you did in Edmonton, eight years, you played against the Sharks in the playoffs. The last the playoff year you were with with the Anaheim Ducks organization. But what's the transition of going from, you know, growing up in Toronto and then moving to Michigan, hockey tradition, then going to Edmonton, steeped in tradition and then coming to Southern California and playing? 
Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Like when I found out I got traded in Anaheim, you know, I kind of, I think I was excited because I knew they had a really good team. You know, they had some really strong players there and they had a tradition of winning and um, they won the cup, you know, a couple of years before. And, um, you know, and, you know, honestly playing in Anaheim was just phenomenal. I, I really, I really enjoyed my time there. Um, not only playing for the team, but also living in California. And, you know, uh, to be honest, maybe it, it helped me to a certain degree, you know, you know, I think there were times, I think the only time where sometimes, yeah, I don't think it got the true feel was in playoffs. You know, I think there were times where, you know, where the rink is and, and, you know, it's kind of spread out in Southern California and maybe to get the, the playoff feel all the time, um, especially because we went late in a couple runs, but, you know, the living and, the organization and and you know i was able to to get on some really good lines there i, I played with kessler and silverberg for a long time uh which was a very effective line um you know i lived near the beach and <laughs> you know it was it was it was pretty special you know i, I think i don't think you're gonna beat it and i like i said i've i've really enjoyed my time there well, uh, and some great games with the Sharks. What, what's been your impression over the years of, of coming to the Shark Tank and having it as a place to play and, and the Sharks being a, a team to play against? Yeah, not good. Not good memories going there, to be honest, <laughs> to play. Um, always a really tough place to play against, to play in. And, you know, we didn't have a lot of success against the Sharks, to be honest. Like, I, I remember that was one team that we just never really played well against, and especially in the building. It was always just – it was always really tough. And it seems like it seemed like they came at you in waves all the time. Um, and, you know, just, yeah, it was, it was a rivalry. I remember that last playoff series, we just, they just killed us. It'd be as fourth straight and we weren't even in the series, but um, no, I remember, you know, Saturday nights in San Jose and playing the seven thirty game. I think that was something that I always, always remembered. And you get a real sense. It's, it's a little bit different in Northern California in terms of, uh, you know, having a, a sense of, of atmosphere around the building too. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think so. I think uh, whenever it seemed like, a, I don't know, you, you obviously know the area more than me, but it seems like a smaller community. Um, it seems like, uh, you know, there's that little bit of a smaller atmosphere where people, uh, you know, even when we're going to the games downtown, I see people downtown in jerseys and, and it seems like it's much busier and, uh, and a big following, you know, the crowd was always one of the best in the league, to be honest. So, uh, you can tell me probably more, but it seems like hockey is really big there. You've had some amazing teammates in your career and you've got some similarities with some of them uh, in the sense of coming to the sharks. And, you know, there aren't too many sharks and ducks that have, that, you know, have played for both teams. One of them is Tamu Solani. I mean, he played here a couple of years and he was your teammate was leading scorer, the ducks, What's it like to, to play with a hockey hall of famer like that? Yeah. Special, you know, you know, you see players, um, you know, you get to try to play with players that are going to be hall of famers and are the top of their game and top of their, of what they do. And, you know, there's no better example of him and he's a great guy. You know, I think that's one thing I really, you know, you enjoyed being around him. You enjoyed seeing him prepare and, and, and enjoy the game. You know, it's one thing with Timu is, is he just loved the game of hockey you know, which was pretty special to see. So, um, you know, we had fun. We had a lot of fun. He's a great guy, um, good guy to be around, um, and obviously an amazing player. One thing you have uh, in common with Patrick Marlowe is uh, not only now you're about to play for the San Jose Sharks, but you both have your sticks and gloves in the Hockey Hall of Fame for different reasons. He uh, 
broke Gordie Howe's record this past year for most games played ever in the history of the game, which is a mind-boggling achievement as far as I'm concerned. But in your case, you actually scored the game-winning goal in overtime in three consecutive games, and the Hockey Hall of Fame must have called you and, and said, we want to get a, a piece of history brought over here. Tell us about that little stretch. I believe that was with Edmonton, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was funny. It was interesting. You know, I remember scoring the first goal in Columbus, and, you know, it was an overtime goal. Um, second one was in Chicago and, you know, off, off a great play. And, and then kind of like, you're like, okay, there's two. And then, you know, the third one was against San, uh, St. Louis. And I remember it was just literally, I think, a couple seconds left. And the puck scored in the corner at Gagne, Sam Gagne, threw the puck in front of the net. And I just chopped it in. I don't know, maybe two seconds left. And, you know, it's funny how all three games went to overtime. You know, I think that's the first thing. But the crazy part was the fourth game went into overtime against Colorado, too. We played Colorado the fourth game, and that went in overtime. And I actually had probably the best chance to score that game. You know, Bobby Robert Nielsen was behind the net. He passed the puck to me right in the literally the hash marks. The goalie was still looking behind the net. And I don't know. I put it, I actually put it in the netting. Maybe I was just like, I can't believe I'm going to score this goal. Um, so the crazy part is I should have had four. I should have had four in a row. So, you know, I don't know. That's kind of sums up my career in terms of like some crazy things have happened, you know, the game streak and um, this overtime thing. And um, yeah, you know, that was four and four, two back then. So it was tough that it went in overtime, but also four and four scoring three in a row was pretty, pretty cool. You know, that first game you played against the Sharks was a period of 10 years when you never missed a game. How did you do that? How were you able to accomplish that? Yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, obviously luck played a big role in terms of avoiding, I don't know, some injuries and sickness and whatever. Um, you know, I think that with my preparation and how I've approached the game in terms of my, um, you know, I've always enjoyed the medical, the, the nutritional, uh, the physical side in terms of working out. I've always been big into that. So who knows? I think that with luck all mixed in together kind of gave me, you know, you know, brought me there, but I just always been a guy that's wanted to be in the lineup. You know, I never was a guy that wanted to sit out or, you know, if I wasn't feeling great, uh, took the easy way out or, or, you know, thought, well, you know, rest up and play the next game. I just, I always wanted to play and I always wanted to be a part of the team and, and do my best. And, and I think that, uh, like I said, all that combined helped. You're listening to the Shark Spotlight on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. Andrew Cogliano is in the Shark Spotlight today. We continued our conversation talking about his admiration for Patrick Marlowe's games played record and lengthy consecutive games played streak. I still can't even process it. You know, he beat Gordon Hell's, you know, games record. You know, that just, I don't know, that just doesn't happen. You know, like that, that, and, you know, he played in some, you know, a lot of different eras. Um, has been a phenomenal player for so long. Um, you know, just high end in terms of how he played the game, how he skated. And, uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool to play against him. Obviously, he seems like a great guy. I don't know him too well, but uh, seems like an amazing, amazing person. Well, another thing you got in common with him, along with your dedication to conditioning and your ability to skate and, and uh, uh, your Ironman streak, is the fact that uh, both of you have won gold medals representing Canada. And you did it in Sweden, in the World Juniors. Uh, one year, and then you did it at home in Western Canada uh, for another consecutive uh, World Junior Tournament. Well, tell us what it means to represent your country 
and uh, what the experiences were like of winning a gold medal in quotes on the road and then winning one at home. Yeah. Yeah. I think for, for, for Canada, that world junior tournament is as big as he could get really. You know, I think that was playing that as a young guy, there really is no, no higher standard in terms of playing hockey in Canada, especially in Vancouver. And we played that tournament. That was probably one of my best memories of, of hockey. Um, you know, just the city, the crowd, the energy and, you know, it just it's just a really, really amazing thing um, that they create there for the world juniors and playing in Canada. You know, that's what you know, one thing in Canada, one thing you get used to as a kid, you watch the world juniors at Christmas, you know, and I always used to remember getting up in the middle of the night or getting up at five in the morning and watching overseas and uh, watching the guys in Russia or Czech Republic. And uh, it was always a tr- Christmas tradition there. That's one thing that that they have, you know, down pat and. Um, you know, to play there and playing in Sweden, knowing everyone's watching back home with the support was, you know, like I said, it's as good as it gets. Did you get kind of a sense of what that might be like as a young man when you uh, played in the Quebec uh, International Pee Wee Tournament? In a sense, that was a, a smaller version of the same thing. Yeah, yeah, big time. That was that was huge too. That was fun. Um, and it's interesting, like that. You come you come together with your team. There's so many teams from everywhere. Um, and I always remembered if you lose the first game, you go kind of in the relegation round. You play in like the other rinks and not the big rink. We ended up going to the semifinals of the, of the big tournament. We ended up winning the first game, winning the second game. And we ended up playing, uh, we were the Vaughn Kings in, in Toronto. And we ended up playing the LA Junior Kings, uh, who had Bobby Ryan. Um, couple, I remember Bobby was the big guy on their team. They had a bunch of good players out there, kind of an all star team. We ended up beating them. Um, and I think we lost like Boston made it better or something in, in the semis, but uh, no, that tournament was cool. You later had Joe Pavelski as your teammate in Dallas. That was your, in many respects, your, your biggest run as far as the Stanley cup playoffs were concerned when you went all the way to the final in that crazy year in 2020. Uh, tell us about that year. It was a tough year in general, but uh, it seemed like it ended well for us. You know, we, we went to the finals you know, obviously you want to win, but, you know, there was a lot of circumstances in play there. You know, this bubble was a pretty crazy thing. Um, you know, just to get to that point, I think, was an accomplishment. Um, I think it speaks to the volumes of the volume of the team and, and how hard we played and how hard we grinded to, to get to that point. Because, you know, that in the bubble was a mental grind. It was. It was, a, it was, it was pretty tough. But, you know, I think it speaks to the guys being on the team. And I think Pat helped a ton. You know, you know, his first year there, I don't think, you know, I think he, I think it was a little bit of a feeling out year for him. Um, but then, you know, you saw the fruits of his labor, basically in the playoffs and what he does. Right. And now last year he was, I thought our best forward. So, um, you know, I anticipate him only get better there, but special guy, you know, I, I really, um, you know, not only do I love him as a hockey player, but he's the type of person that you're going to be friends with for forever. Cause he's just got an easygoing personality and he's a guy that uh, you really like being around. What would a successful season uh, culminate in for you personally? And, and how can you help the sharks get back to the playoffs and become a Stanley cup contender? Yeah, I think making the playoffs is how I need to judge success for the team. You know, I think it's that simple. Um, you know, I look at a team, a good team is having different you know, pieces of the puzzle. And, and, and I, I just want to be one of those pieces that come in and, um, and help. And, you know, I think there's younger players that they've tried to integrate there to play. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've enjoyed over the last couple of years playing with young players at times. Um, I think I do a good job at it because I communicate well and 
Um, I prepare well and it gives guys an opportunity to see and learn. Um, but also they help me, you know, simple as that, you know, young players should be energetic. They should skate well. Um, they should be hungry. So, um, I think if I got that opportunity, I think it'd be great. Um, I love the addition of bones, you know, Benito's I, I think fans and, and I think the people in San Jose are going to be really, really happy with what he brings to the team. Um, you know, he's just a, he's just a winner. He's won two cups. Um, I think he's going to solidify the lineup and bring a lot of stability. Um, but success for me is, you know, me to do my part in terms of my game, but also just to make the playoffs. I think that's, that's how I would measure success this year. And, I think we've had some pieces. I think there's a lot of good pieces there. And I think we got to come together as a team and, and do that. You bring up something really interesting. You know, you talk about young players as you were back in that first game back in 07 against the Sharks, just full of energy and a lot of excitement and enthusiasm. Um, but also the mental ups and downs of an NHL season can be very, very difficult on a young player. Do you feel that uh, your experience in going through that yourself and playing all those games and now uh, being that guy that can uh, then help a young player, that's going to be one of your strengths? Yeah, I, I think so. I think sometimes young players, they get caught up in a lot of the results because that's how they're based. And and, and they're probably guys that have been, um, you know, high scorers or, or point producers of where they came from. So, you know, the NHL, that's, you know, I, I think a lot of guys have some success with, with results early, but a lot of guys don't. And you got to find ways to judge your game and find ways to be consistent. And when you're the more consistent player, I think what happens is you get more ice time. And when you get more ice time and you're trusted by the coach, that's when you eventually get more results. So, you know, I thought last year there was times where I played with some younger players. And, you know, I think for, from my vantage point, I think it, they, they listened to me. Um, I think I've always been a good communicator in terms of, you know, what we need to do to, to play well and to, to, to kind of push the pace, but also, um, you know, in terms of being on the ice, I think I communicate well on the ice, which, which I, is a lot of, a lot of times it helps younger guys. And, um, and I think sometimes they like that. They like to know when they have time, they like to know when, you know, they could skate. I think it, it helps them read the game better. Um, and like I said, I think younger players for a guy like me and a guy like, but you know, um, you know, it could help us too, because Eddie, I look at young guys now and they should be the most hungriest out there. You know, they really should. And um, sometimes they need to be told to, to, to be hungry and they need to be shown how to be hungry and, and want it. So, you know, that's, that's, those are the type of guys you want to play with because they're trying to solidify their career. We've talked a lot about hockey, but I also want to talk about Andrew Cogliano, the man. You've got two daughters. Uh, how old are they? And uh, do they enjoy the game too? Yeah, you know what? I got a little daughter named Lottie, who's two, um, and I have a daughter named Olive, who's uh, uh, who's coming up to seven months now. So they're both born in Texas. Uh, two just you know cute little cute little things, and um, you know, and we're just kind of getting set up in San Jose. We're going to get them in, in different activities, and uh, you know, I'm excited because I think I wanted to get them to the game this year. Last year was you know they came to a couple, but. Obviously, with the COVID protocols, it was it was tough. So hopefully, get to a few games this year, much more. What What about the adjustment of of being a parent and uh, then having to go on the road and being in the bubble and all of those other things? How has it changed you? Yeah, yeah, it was tough. You know, we had a it was a tough time there. My wife did a, Allie did a great job with with the kids, and um, you know, she's a great mother, so she handled it well. But 
no, it's, you know, you're, we came back to Canada and then, you know, you had this little off season and you had to go back down and they stayed here. And then we had the bubble and the bubble, you're there for two months. And, you know, it was, it was hard, but, but she handled it very well. And, you know, I think we're just all trying to get back to normalcy a bit like everyone else and, you know, get to a place and we're excited to get there, uh, you know, get set up and just have a normal year. Hopefully. Did you and Allie meet at Michigan or somewhere else? No, I, she's from Calgary. I met with, uh, uh, I played with her brother at the World Juniors, actually. I knew her brother. Uh, played with her brother. He was drafted to Chicago. Uh, doesn't play anymore, but, uh, you know, that's how I met her. What do you like to do when you're not playing hockey? Obviously, spending time with your family is now a big part of it, but yeah. uh, what do you like to listen to? What, what are the other things that make you, make you tick? You know, we, we live pretty easily. We have a place out in BC and uh, we come out here and we get the, we love being near the, near the water. I think that's, 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 that's one thing we've always enjoyed, especially in California. We have a dog named Charlie who we used to take to the beach every morning. So I think the one thing we'll try to find right when we're down there is a nice place to go to the beach on the weekends or on off days. Um, yeah, we've always been big water people in terms of being at our lake and, um, you know, lately it's just been enjoying the time with the girls, you know, I think, uh, you know, watching them grow up and, and playing with them and, and how they develop. And, you know, it's just been great. All in all, what, what do you think about being part of the San Jose Sharks instead of playing against them? And how excited are you to see a lot of success here? I look at this as an experience and I look at every time you go to a new place, it's a new experience. And, um, I'm excited to play California again. I'm excited to play in front of a fan base that really enjoys hockey and, and supports it. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's an opportunity to, 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 to help the team get to another, you know, back to where they, they were, you know, they, they were a perennial team that made the playoffs every year. That was just was, you know, standard for the San Jose Sharks. So, um, you know, I just, I just want to help that cause, you know, I want to come in and be a part of that. And, and hopefully the team has success when you're winning, everyone feels good. Everyone plays well and, and everyone's happy. So, um, you know, there's no better feeling than playing in the playoffs. So that's obviously my goal this year. And, and, and hopefully we can do that. We're looking forward to seeing you in training camp, seeing you on the plane and, uh, and getting off to a, a great start with Sharks hockey. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. The Shark Spotlight is a presentation of the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.